Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Figures show that crack cocaine is a growing problem in Ireland. Undercover cameras uh, for the RT documentary filmed over 42 potential drug deals in just four hours in an afternoon period in Ballymun. On Tuesday night, Prime Times uh, RT investigates last night. Broadcast the undercover, undercover, uh, sorry, the undercover filming. That's a hard one to get out. Uh, of the steep rise in open drug dealing in Ballymun in Dublin, where the crack cocaine use is on the increase. Now, new figures show that cocaine in powder form and the more potent crack cocaine in rock form are growing across Ireland. It's a growing problem. 80% of those seeking help who use crack live in Dublin. 80% live in Dublin. Ballymun is the community with the highest level of people with opiate addiction in the country, 10 times the national average, making it a ripe ground for this destructive drug. And drug dealers capitalised on that vulnerability, targeting people with crack cocaine. Now, the programme showed young people regularly passing by as open drug dealing was happening. In the 15 minutes it took uh, for children to pass by the location as they made their way home from primary school, RT Investigates recorded at least nine deals taking place in front of some of these children. And the footage also shows a young toddler standing beside a woman who's asking a dealer for heroin. Now, it raises several questions, including why dealers are being allowed to sell drugs openly in broad daylight in multiple locations across Ballymun in particular. And the programme also examined how social deprivation and poverty is proven to increase the risk of drug addiction for young people. As well as speaking to users of crack cocaine, it also uh, featured a unique pro- or part of the programme which aims to break the cycle of addiction in the area by interviewing families early, in some cases, even before children are born. Now, also, the most tragic part of this story, and it was something that was been talked about a lot before, not so much in the programme last night. They talked about children being in the area last night and being close to, you know, where people were dealing and, and witnessing the dealing going on. But something that we have heard before and callers have told us about it, we've had organisations from Ballymun on. And I'm, by the way, I don't want to just focus on Ballymun, right? Because it's not fair, really. I mean, Ballymun has a big problem. There's no doubt about it. But there are other areas, and usually socially deprived areas, across the country that have a similar problem. And when you hear of a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old carrying drugs from one house to another and dealers using them for mu- as mules, essentially running drugs across housing estates because they know if they're caught, nothing will happen to them because they're children. They're not criminally responsible. All that does is puts that child into a cycle whereby they then continue to be dealers by the time they're 10, 12, 13, 14, 15. By the time they're 14 or 15, they're probably on crack cocaine themselves. It's a cycle. But whose fault is it when your child... And I say child, if your child is 15 or 16, is dealing or running in drugs. Whose fault is it if a 10-year-old is carrying drugs from one part of a housing estate to the other? Whose fault is it if they're going door-to-door delivering drugs at a young age because they're not criminally responsible? At what point will we take personal responsibility when children turn out to be bad teenagers? Now, many people will use excuses, and I've seen the excuses online today. That parents, you know, are saying it's a societal issue, it's unemployment, it's crime in the area, it's under, well, we're underprivileged, lack of Garda Shia which I'm not denying, there is a lack of Garda Shia and so many different reasons 
Oh, the kids have nothing to do here and all that kind of... But stop using excuses and see it for what it is. And I personally believe, as well as all those other excuses have a role to play in it, it's bad parenting. That's all it is. It's nothing more than that. It's bad parenting. If your 12-year-old is going from Johnny's house to Paddy's house or to Mary's house with a half a kilo of Coke in a bag, because it doesn't matter, he gets caught, he's not going to jail anyway, the guards aren't going to talk about it. That's your fault as a parent. That's not Johnny or Mary's fault for doing it. That's your fault as a parent for not knowing where your child is. If your 14-year-old is standing out in a street corner selling wraps of cocaine for 10 or 15 quid, stop blaming Ballymun. Stop blaming the area. Stop blaming the government. Stop blaming society. Blame yourself. That's your fault for not knowing where your 14-year-old is. I can honestly tell you, and I'm not Nile Goody Two-Shoes with nice Goody Two-Shoes children, but I knew at 14 where all my children were. There was no opportunity they could have been selling drugs. It couldn't have happened. I would have known about it. So I want to know whose fault, who are you blaming for these tragic stories, this tragic situation in Ballymun, where young kids are running drugs at 10 years of age, where young kids are witnessing drug dealing going on between their mothers and fathers in some cases, where teenagers of 14 and 15 are selling drugs. Whose fault is that? Is it the government's fault? Is it society's fault? Is it the Garda Shields Connors' fault for not having enough presence in the area? Or is it your fault as a parent for not watching your own children? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Whose fault is it? I want to know who you blame for this. Because we have to blame somebody. We have to get to the bottom of it. Because we can't have 10-year-olds running drugs. We can't have 14-year-olds selling crack cocaine on street corners. The number is 87 Whose fault is it? I know most people were quite shocked by the programme uh, last night, the Primetime Investigates programme. And I, and I don't know why you're shocked, by the way. Why are you surprised? I mean, why would you honestly be surprised? It's well known that this is happening, and particularly in underprivileged areas. Somebody's taking exception, exception to the fact that I mentioned underprivileged areas. Why, why have we gotten that politically correct now that we can't mistake facts anymore? Because primarily, this is a problem in underprivileged areas. It is. I mean, yes, it does happen in other areas too, but not to the extent that it happens in areas that we would be very familiar with. And I don't have to mention the names. Orchie, you've obviously focused on Ballymun, which I think is a little bit unfair. But then again, obviously Ballymun has a much higher rate of this problem or opiate addiction than the national average. So that we have to focus on the facts. They're the facts. You know what I mean? If you go to Malahide, of course there's a problem with drugs in Malahide. Of course there is. Probably cocaine out there too, rife. But not to the extent it's happening in Malahide and certainly not out in the streets the way it's happening in Malahide and certainly not 10-year-olds running around local housing estates in Malahide doing it. Probably some, but not to that extent. Um, let me go to Paul. Paul, you're in Ireland's class of kids. How you doing, Paul? Hi, Niall. How are things? Yeah, I mean, we all have to be fairly honest about this. I'm not, I'm not having a pop at the people of Ballymun, by the way. I need a RTE. I think, you know, we just have to face the facts because a lot of good people live in Ballymun, but unfortunately this is a problem. Well, it's not only in Ballymun, I can tell you, because I live in Tower. Yep. And I'm in a part of Tallinn that, you know, there is uh, social housing uh, down down the road from me. And they openly deal in the at the shops. Yeah. And there's 14-year-olds with more money in their pockets than you and I put together. So whose problem is it? When you've got Johnny well, or Mary, 14-year-old, uh, yeah, primarily it seems to young I'm teenage going. boys, by the way, not girls, but primarily... Yeah. This is where I'm going to speak out both sides of my mouth. 
I think at 14 years of age, it's the parents' fault. I absolutely do. I think you should know where your children are. I knew where mine were. And if mine were down at them shops, I can tell you one thing, Niall, they would have got a foot do you know where. Yeah, my kids wouldn't, no my kids wouldn't be hanging around shops at 14 years of age. No, no. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Because they would have been school hogs. They wouldn't get out of a bedroom. Yeah. Right? Now, that's, that's just me being me. But after the age of 14, 15, 16, you have to turn around and say there's personal responsibility. You know, it's, it's then the, the children themselves, it's, it's then the, the young adults, they have made that decision. Because they're well-educated at that stage, or they are educated to a stage that, you know, they know right from wrong. And you know, and, and it's a rocky road because as soon as they think they're going to make money at 14 year old uh, dealing drugs, by the time they get to 16, they'll be on the drugs. Um, and that's just, unfortunately, that's the cycle there. I mean, when you see and when you hear well, stories they're of... To get into a, they're trying to get into a unit where they're coming off. You know, especially crack cocaine, that would be rife around where I am. You know? And, I, you know, I saw a documentary last night and I just, you know... I thought Ballymoon came out very, very badly, and I was saying it's not just there. Why do you? you know? Why do you think if if it's parental, and you're saying it's parental, right? So why do you think it's particularly bad in certain areas? Well, you know, in some of the areas, as I said, with, with the social housing and stuff, there they've just been let run riot. You know. Yeah, but you know, when, when you yeah, but when you say that, that's not really answering the question, Paul. Or even, you know, that there's no rules in their house. They can just get away with it. So it's bad parenting. Just yes, bad parenting. Well, listen, we've often, I've often heard you say on your show, you need a license to have a dog. Mm-hmm. But yet we can ha- have children and not have to do, you know. And I would come from the fact that I would have needed to do a parenting course because I was a very young father, you know, personally. But... You know, and a, a parenting course wouldn't have done me any harm. I wasn't the world's greatest father. You know, that kind of way. But, you know, you, you improve with age. Yeah, we all make mistakes. Exactly. But when you when you saw, well, I, it wasn't focused so much on the documentary last night, but I've heard it from organisations in Ballymun, particularly before we've had organisations on the air, and they talk about 10-year-olds who are being used to run drugs from one house to another or one part of the housing estate to another because, of course, they can't be criminally responsible. Well, I mean, yeah. that to me is just shocking. I mean, I remember when my kids were 10 and they were innocent like that. They weren't outside the door. They were in the front garden. Yeah, or they'd be on the road. And if they went off the road... You could see them. You could see them on the road. Yeah, you'd look yeah. out the window, you'd see them. Yeah, but I mean, you, you know yourselves, you can't walk down to the local field anymore now without seeing all those little canisters of... Oh, yeah. Of the, the, the silver... The, bullets, the, the gas. What's that? The, the not. What's that gas called again? Nitrous oxide no, or something, is it? Nitrous oxide or something. But I mean, yeah, hippie crack, I think, is the name they use for yeah. it, yeah. But, you know, down in the, the local fields, I mean, the, the parents go down and they, they clean up to 100 to 150 dollars every day. It's incredible, isn't it? It's, it's, it's frightening. And they are, that's what they're starting on. And there's politicians in this country who are out in force this morning tweeting and Facebooking, you know, the need for decriminalisation of drugs. I'm, I'm shocked by the reaction of some people that they would like to decriminalise drugs as an answer to this. <laughs> so, you know, I give, we should give the green light to drugs, you know. Yeah. Stay there, Paul. 
But so, well, but sorry, Paul, you want to say something on that? Go ahead. The only thing I'd say on that would be, you know, at least if it was some of it, as in, um, as in uh, the weed and stuff like that, they decriminalise that. A lot, of, a lot of people would not be getting criminal records. Well, I, I, I would. I think we have to. I think we have to separate, you know, cannabis and class A drugs. And I would probably agree with you. To some I agree. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll stay there for a second. Let me go to Maliki because most of the problems that we're seeing in the country is not related to cannabis. Although I'm not suggesting cannabis is a positive thing either. Uh, Maliki, you're in Ireland's class of kids. How are you doing, Maliki? Good afternoon, Ma. Uh, Maliki, I don't know whether you watched the documentary last night, and you see these young kids basically standing there while people are openly dealing in drugs. And not only that, look, we've heard before about ten-year-olds running drugs from house to house, uh, particularly in Ballymun which seems to come up an awful lot because obviously they have 10 times the national average of opiate addiction in the country. I mean, what's the answer and whose fault is it? Well, of course, in this country, it's nobody's fault because nobody's ever to blame for anything. And I mean, we've discussed this topic on, on your own programme many years a time. Um, we spent a billion euro knocking down perfectly good flats in Ballymore and rebuilding them. And we were told that that was the problem. Yeah. Now, if somebody at 10 or 12 is out selling drugs. Their parents know. Their parents see them coming home with whatever profit they're coming home with. And they're probably sharing that in many cases. Right. Now, we had <clears throat> no real analysis on the programme last night other than the usual sensationalisation that prime time does. I'm not saying, but you can't say it was a bad programme. It, well, did, it, it did open up people. Well, it does, Maliki. It may not give you answers, or it may not rationalise everything, but it does open people's eyes up to a problem, and it gets a national debate going, which might come up with answers. Well, it won't come up with any answers, but you can go into the boardwalk and see the same thing. You can walk through the centre of this city and see the same thing any day of the week, right? Now, we saw a succession of people who have a vested interest in this problem continuing rather than it be... Um, resolved, with the exception of the school principal who was on the programme, the rest of them have a vested interest. With one politician on, for instance, whose party have been in power, who has been a Lord Mayor, who has a nice little learner out there from it now, and his party, on one side of their face, they're calling for decriminalisation, they want injection centres open, and they want the trade to continue. And on the other hand, we have him, you know, oh, what can we do? You know, we need to do something. These people are involved. But you're talking about the hypocrisy of it, yes. Well, there's a vested interest. It's the same as the homeless issue. There's a huge industry around it which needs these so-called problems in order to sustain themselves. What we need to do is to go back to the very beginning, scrap all of these so-called projects which are there to help people, because it seems to me that they don't really help anybody other than themselves. To, to get a good standard of living out of it. You know... Well, you, you can't deny that people have gone on programmes and have come off drugs and it has worked for some people. You're right. It doesn't work for the majority who well, go okay. on programmes. Well, let's just look at that. And look Sorry, at the... No, look at the, the yeah, well, 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 hang on, Maliki. Sorry, Paul, you want to say something to Maliki in relation to that? Sorry, very quickly. Yeah, I would say that, you know, in our local area where I live in Tallinn, the, the drug centre was a godsend for a lot of people, you know, because it did get them off, it did get them clean. You know, now it didn't work for everybody. Well, it didn't get most of them I, clean. What it done was put most of them onto methadone and keep them on methadone for the rest of their lives. And now we see, the, the, and from the beginning, people were on methadone were then abusing other tablets and other, other drugs. Yeah. You know, now, if, if you look at this purely on a results basis, 
we have for, for, for every one person that has come off drugs through all of these programs and is now leading a normal what passes for a normal life a productive life anyway, yeah yeah it probably costs about two million for each of them that's a bit of an exaggeration with the well, perspective. Uh, how, how wait, wait, I don't know where you're getting that figure from. Well, well, yeah. okay. How much is spent on just in Dublin alone on all of these community groups and all of these NGOs and all of these agencies to tackle the problem? It's somewhere around a hundred million. So you're so you, so you're saying for the small amount of people that it's been successful for, it's costing millions. It's it's like the HSE. It's a black hole. You just pour money into it. Stay, well, well, stay there, Maliki, just for a second, if you can have it, because I have to go into break. I've got a bit over time. Paul, please stay there with me as well. Uh, Maliki believes the money that's been pumped into this is a black hole. It's been done wrong. Maybe after the break, he'll give us an answer, uh, his idea of what actually should be done and whose responsibility it is. Paul blames the parents that at a young age, if some child is out there at 14 years of age dealing drugs, as Maliki says, you must know about it because they've got money. And uh, Paul says he knows where his 14-year-old is. Let me know what you think. The number's 87 Whose fault is it? Government? Society? Parents? Oh, I, I'll let you address this text first, Maliki, before we go any further. So he says, Maliki's a great man for coming on your show and telling us all about how the world is run badly, how drugs are rife, and how everybody else has it wrong. So what's his answer, so? Well, firstly, I would scrap all of the NGOs and all of these organisations that are supposed to be dealing with the problem because they're totally ineffective. I would. Are you there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, secondly, this is an island. It's quite easy to prevent any substances coming into this, this place. Well, you think, we're not, you think we're not trying? We're not trying, no. We, we find about less than 10% of what comes into the country. Look at the stuff that was coming in last week and uh, was found in Amsterdam and had to be trans- was being transported originally through this to Cork, I think, or somewhere. So, so be- you'd be... I mean, look, we've already got a problem with the lack of Garda Sheikhan on the street, you want, and you want to beef up the drug squad. Well, firstly, on every port, there should be um, scanners, that every container coming into the country should be scanned to so, see what's actually... similar is. to those programmes we see about Australia, where you've got dogs running up and down, sniffing people. Yeah, and, and all we that have kind. very little of that, right? Yeah. Now... Well, I, mean, I, 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 to be honest with you, I did talk about this before. I remember coming over from the UK after buying a car in the UK, going back a few years ago, and I drove into Dublin Port at 12 o'clock at night and there wasn't a garden site. At the same time, we need to totally reform the bail laws. It is very... None of those people who, who for instance, you saw last night on, on that programme, if they're charged, if they were arrested there... None of them will go to jail. They'd be, they'd be very unlucky to end up in jail. We saw, for instance, the, 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 the fellows who were killed last week, 300 convictions between them, and that's not unusual. No. You know, um, but let's not even go on about that. That was a disgrace, that, yeah. way, that whole... Country. Yeah, and, and, and I think it's also disgraceful the way another uh, radio station effectively glorified them yesterday. Okay. I didn't hear that. Oh, well, it's... Well, there's not, there was nothing glorious about the behaviour of the individuals at those funerals on uh, Friday and Saturday. The particular programme of yeah. the truck driver. Oh, absolutely, the truck driver. I, I know, and there hasn't really been given a thought, a thought given to that man. Well, stay, and that's a hold over the topic. Dave, you're yeah. an Ireland's classic hit. Stay there, Maliki. How are you, Noel? Uh, well, Maliki seems to be saying, basically, the NGOs are a waste of time. These kind of rehabs uh, are a waste of time. They're not working. Uh, we need a different, a completely different approach to how we deal with this problem. Yeah, now, I have a lot of time for Maliki now. Maliki's a bit like himself. He does say, yeah, as it is. But it's all kind of It's the guard, it's the men of the the politicians, the judges, the do-gooders. Nobody gives a shit. And what about the parents? But what about the parents of these young children that the we parents, see? 
The parents don't give a shit either. Or some of them do. But somebody but has to give a shit, as you say. Exactly. And the ones that do give a shit are getting nowhere. Because it's all the ones that don't give a shit. You know, you have these kids up there, they're getting... Language. They're getting nowhere. Okay, your, your phone is breaking up a little bit, Dave. It's hard to hear you, but go on, sorry. Yeah. No, it's the do-gooders, man. Yeah, but see, you but it's all, yeah, but it's all well and good, Dave, you saying the do-gooders, it's this, it's that, Maliki saying the same thing. And yet we watched the programme last night, we see little, you know, 10-year-olds looking up at Mammy while she's scoring some gear. Or, you, or, you, or you're seeing, or hearing stories of 10-year-olds, you know, being given a kilo to run from one side of the estate to the other with it. Or, you know, 14-year-olds standing outside shops as, pe- yeah. as one of the lads mentioned earlier no on who's penalty. dealing. There's no reason. But no, if, you're, if you're looking at Mammy shooting up, right, straight away, you should be taking off, Mammy. And put into a I, decent home. Absolutely. That will look okay, after you. Most of, most of the people, hold on. See, most, no, see all most, this fostering crap as well. Like, your family's out there, right, which Malik can back me up. Someone in the family's going to prison. The girlfriend is shooting up somewhere, a junkie. Right, the kids are going to be taken. But the family will foster the kid temporary, but they get paid a fortune. Yeah, absolutely not. Scrap we that. Need, and we give it okay, to well, well, let Malik respond to that because yeah. he'd be more familiar with that yeah. being a, you know, the other point that... Well, I mean, is he is he correct in saying, you know, mammy's shooting up, daddy's in jail, kids are taking off them, and the family will take the kid and get paid an extortionate amount of money for foster care in the child? Fostering is a huge industry in this country. Right, okay. So, that, that so that's true. Totally reformed. It's okay. huge. And the amount of money that the state pays is, you know... Okay, but well, taking a child off a parent, you know, who's dealing or who's, you know, taking drugs is the last resort in this country. But should we do it more often? But also what we have to do... And, and this is what the point of Hang it is. We, we have to totally reform the welfare state. Welfare should not be a, a lifestyle choice. It should be there to pick people up when they fall. A safety net. That's what it was intended for. <clears throat> but we now have a whole culture which is built around... Like, none of them people want to walk. Oh, well, I'll, I'll no. rephrase that. I'll rephrase that. They, they do walk. That's their job. They see themselves. And you look at it, Even last night's programme and the length of time, and you had your man going out for his lunch and coming back, you know. Like, these people are out at work from whatever time they start till when they finish. Okay, so just finally, sorry, Dave, because I have to wrap it up. Go on, I have 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah, Noel, sorry. What did you be doing with these young kids? You know this education, all right? Like, see on the free legal aid. Yeah. Oh, listen, George, he's a decent lad, right? Okay, sorry. Well, how many times have you caught these drugs? Well, 50, but give him one more chance. No, after three, it should be three strikes and you're out. Now, listen, mandatory sentence, no excuse, you're tort up. Now, if you put your hand in a fire and put in your fingers, you will not do it again. Yeah, the only, the only, and I couldn't agree with you more, Dave, three strikes and you're out, particularly when it comes to drugs. But the problem we have is, where are you going to put them all? We don't have the prison space. No, if you made the prison tough, if the prison is that tough and you could always say, I've never gone there again, and it's mandatory 10 years for doing drugs, would you do it? I well, well, I wouldn't, but there are individuals out there who don't care, and the problem is that people are going to say is when if you put them into jail, say for I don't know, being caught dealing in twenty quid's worth of drugs or something, two after two or three times, they'll they'll kind of meet other individuals in jail who are like minded, and they'll only be worse when they come out. That's isn't that the argument as well? Listen, Dave Malachy, thank you very much indeed. There are loads of people texting in, by the way, in relation to that, and horrified to hear of you know little ten year olds standing watching mammy dealing drugs and. Not only that, dealing in them themselves at 12 and 13 years of age. It's absolutely shocking. And I have to go back to our first caller who said, blame the parents. Absolutely. If you don't know where your 12-year-old is, you have a problem as a parent. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.